Hey, hey, and welcome to the Vol Vault podcast. As always, I'm your host, Starla, and this week we're going to switch uh, from football uh, because it's basketball time in Tennessee, and I have been very, very excited um, about basketball in the past, but this year maybe more so than usual because I think we got a good team. So to talk about um, the basketball team, we have VFL Aaron Green, um, Tennessee point guard from 95 to 99. Um, so, and current basketball powerhouse head coach of Oak Ridge. Um, so, and I know you're very excited about this team. Let's talk about, before we get into all the Tennessee stuff, let's talk about, uh, your, what you're doing now currently with Oak Ridge. Cause I understand you're fixing to go to the Bahamas next week. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, for Thanksgiving tournament, I think it's our fourth trip uh, to this tournament in the Bahamas, invitational only, um, which is it's a, you know it's, we're excited about been having the opportunity to go. Last time, the last time we went, I think was in 2015, and T Higgins was the MVP, and we won it. So, um, of course, it's been a while. We we actually had it scheduled a couple times. Uh, we had it scheduled during COVID in 2020, and then again the next year, and then that was still kind of lingering, and got it had it canceled. So. This is our third time trying to go back, so we're looking forward to it. We leave Tuesday, and it uh, should be a great tournament. We play um, a, a Bahamian team first, and then we'll we'll match up against three Atlanta, Georgia teams. So it should be a good tournament for us. Oh, yeah. So are you guys a veteran-heavy team this year? Are you on the young side? How's that looking? Yeah, typically this year we've got some experience coming back. We got four starters returning off last year's team that won 24 games. Uh, so we've got some experience, which is a little different than last year. Last year we've kind of some a lot of those guys coming in were, were inexperienced and new. Mm-hmm. Um, this year's a little different. So we do have a tougher schedule. Just you know, mentioned the the teams we'll be playing in the Bahamas. It's kind of like I kind of compared to Tennessee and, and Maui. You know, they're they're going to play some really good competition, which is good. <clears throat> excuse me for this time of year. Um, and then we get we play in the Arby's Classic, which is one of the best Christmas tournaments and in, in high school Christmas tournaments in the Southeast mm-hmm. over Christmas. Uh, we picked up Brentwood Academy. who has got one of the best uh, guards in the country. We've got Cleveland, Alcoa, Fulton, Sevier County. So we, we've got a tough, tough schedule, a, lot, a little tougher than it was last year, which I think uh, will help us uh, hopefully improve throughout the year and be playing our best basketball come, come the end of the year. Absolutely. Um, being from Campbell County, we always have our matchup with you. I don't know that uh, we've ever beat you guys. So <laughs> we had a good. We had uh, we played in a district championship game up there. I guess it was two years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, County. It was a great environment. Yeah, we played really well that game, by the way. So. Uh, yeah, well, you usually do. So <laughs> always. Um, okay, so let's talk about your time at Tennessee, uh, ninety-five to ninety-nine. So you played under two head coaches. Um, yeah, yeah, I played. Um, my freshman sophomore sophomore year under Kevin O'Neill. Some of the true Tennessee basketball fans will maybe cringe a little bit when you say Kevin <laughs> O'Neill. That was an interesting two years for sure. I mean, uh, just a, a a great defensive coach. Um, yeah, I'll compare him, uh, you know, to the late Bobby Knight a little bit as far as just, um, you know, yeah, I, I actually say he was a little probably a little worse than Bobby Knight to be honest. <laughs> Things I can't share probably on this podcast, but. Uh, and then my last two years, I played for Jerry Green, and um, we made the NCAA tournament those last two years, and uh, that was um, so. I was there from '95 to '99. So um, my the last part of my senior year, I was injured and didn't get to participate. The last, well, I think I got injured in January, and 
uh, didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament that year. But um, great experience, obviously being from um, Sweetwater, local kid. It was you know, really a dream come true for me. And, um, you know, probably uh, some of the, you know, just, uh, you know, I know just being in high school in this area, you know, and just thinking about, you know, it's hard. To, it's, it's even harder now than it was when I played to play at that level because of the transfer portal. And, you know, most most college coaches at that level are not really recruiting as many high school kids because of the transfer portal. So it's so much different. So I feel very grateful that I had the opportunity to play there. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm Tennessee through and through to say I'm a VFL is an understatement. And then you know, I, I was very fortunate. I got to go back, you know, with, and spend three years with Coach Pearl as a coach as well. Mm-hmm. So from 2007, 2007, 2010, before I came to Oak Ridge. So uh, maybe you have some questions about that as well. Absolutely. Um, so when you played 95 to 99, the environment then at Tennessee and the environment now I think is pretty much night and day, but I think that change came about during Bruce Pearl's time there. So can you talk about a little bit how you think that all happened? Yeah, I think, I think it definitely changed. Most we had good crowds when I was playing, you know, especially my junior senior year, we had really good teens, but you know, really, you know, the Kentucky game was always sold out. You know, you had maybe a couple other games that were sold out, but I think, um, you know, when coach Pearl was there, excuse me, when coach Pearl was there, he, um, obviously brought a lot of excitement, charisma to the program and and really to college basketball for that, for that matter. And, um, you know, their teams were fun to watch, you know, and I think it brought, you know, and with all that said, you got to win and he also won. So, you know, and I think I just, you know, having, you know, those three years I was there as a coach, I was a graduate assistant for two years and my third year I was video coordinator. That was the year we went to the lead eight and got beat by Michigan state. Man, that was tough. We should have won that game, go to the final four for the first time in school history. But, um, just, uh, you know, just the crowds were great, you know, and I think just the style of play and the type, you know, how Coach Pearl was, was, you know, just he was kind of a draw for people. They enjoyed watching his teams play. They enjoyed kind of watching him. He kind of had that, you know, that uh, charisma of, you know, he was exciting. He, he um, I guess he was fun to watch, I guess, as well. So mm-hmm. uh, but I think it kind of started from that point. And then obviously, you know, just moving forward, you had a few coaches there in between Coach, you know, before Coach Barnes got there and, you know, what Coach Barnes has done there has been unbelievable. I think, um, you know, I hope he continues to coach for a long, long time. And I think his, you know, I think a lot of people question maybe his, you know, with his, you know, he's getting up there in age like we all are, but his ability to continue to recruit. But I think he's, I think he's proven he can still recruit. So, um, yeah, we, we need to keep him there as long as we can. Great coach, great, great man, and a great leader for our university and, and our basketball program. So, uh, it's, it's a good time to be, um, you know, I'm just obviously being a VFL. It's, I'm excited about the basketball season coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that your father was a coach and, and he still coaches with you, correct? Um, so, and I know you probably took most of your coaching uh, from him, but is there anything that you can say that you got from Bruce Pearl that you drew from uh, his coaching style that you use today? Yeah, just, you know, real quick on my dad. I played for my dad at Sweetwater. We won a state championship in 1994. It's probably one of my one of my best memories as an athlete or a coach, really. Um, I've learned a lot from my dad. My dad's been coaching over 40 years. He had a great career. He's my assistant now. He, we, <laughs> he's, really, he's really, really old school. And uh, I try to have a little bit of a balance of old school and a little bit of the new school. I try to because uh, you know, things have changed so much from, from uh, when, you know, back in the 90s and 80s for sure. Uh, even 10 years ago for that matter. But, um, but yeah, so I've, I've probably picked up a little bit from every coach I've been around my dad for sure. 
Um, you know, Kevin O'Neill, some of the stuff we do defensively, just some of the core stuff, half court defensively. Jerry Green, just more of a fast paced style offensively. And then my three years with Coach Pearl was probably my most impactful as a coach. Um, a lot of the things we do now um, at Oak Ridge is, you know, our style of play, you know, um, our offensive system is, is very, very similar. Out of bounds, under denial, side out denial that most Tennessee fans would probably remember for Coach Pearl, kind of his signature things that he did with his teams. And our teams are fun to watch, I think. They they play hard and play unselfish. And um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I tell a lot of people all the time, I think my three years that with Coach Pearl was probably – you know, was, I got an education, I guess, not just X's and O's, but also, you know, how to deal with, with people, you know, how he dealt with his players and took a lot of notes and, and got educated over those three years. And I think it definitely made me a better coach. Absolutely. Um, so you were a point guard and Rick Barnes, you know, is famous for developing point guards. He usually draws a pretty good point guard, either out of the high school or the portal. What do you think it is about, and I know it's probably hard to, into just a few sentences, but what is it about Rick Barnes that makes him so successful with point guards? I think um, I think it first starts with recruiting. I think if you ask him that question, you got to get you got to get a great point guard. You got to have a great player. So I think uh, just his track record of who he's been able to recruit, even back to Texas with Kevin Durant. Um, I'm trying to think of the point guard they had at Texas. He's had several guys, Aldridge, several guys in NBA. I think that helps him recruit for sure. Um, but uh, I think it starts there. Then I think he's. You know, I've been. I've been fortunate to be able to go to a lot of his practices. It was that one over fall break? And you know, he's like most successful coaches. He's he's very. Uh, his standards are very high. He's very demanding. Um, so he's. You know, I, I don't know if you call it tough to play for, but uh, the kids. The kids respond to him. They know that he cares about them. Um, he's a good man. I think. You know, just as a former player myself, I think you know, most players are very, are very smart and they understand if you're just out, if you're just out for yourself as a coach and he genuinely cares about people. And um, I think the combination of, of the type of man he is and his ability to be able to recruit and obviously just his experience as a coach and seeing a little bit of everything, I guess, over his, you know, 30 plus career coaching has, you know, has made him into the coach he is today. And he's, he's uh, done a great job. And I think, like you said, and to start this, I think they've got Maybe one of the better teams they've had. We'll see, kind of play itself out. But uh, I'm excited about this year's team for sure. I, and I think they have a chance to. They were picked to win the SEC. I, th I definitely think they have a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I'm going to go off script just a little bit here. Um, so you coach high school kids. Um, it's been said that maybe, not just with Rick Barnes, but a lot of the older coaches that – it's hard for them to kind of keep in touch with this generation, because especially because he's such a hard coach. Um, does that kind of start with with the high school coaches? Do you think preparing the kids, I guess, for college, or is it just this generation? No, I, I think the high school coach has a lot of impact on. You know, if a kid has the ability to play at the next level, say to, at Tennessee level, you know, high D one level. I think their high school coach has has a big part in that as far as getting them ready for that level. Uh, you know, as far as Coach Barnes, I think he he's not going to recruit kids that that uh, that have bad character, uh, that aren't going to play hard, and then most importantly, he's not going to recruit kids that are not that are not going to be able to take coaching. And I think um, you know he's he does a really good job, and there's probably some talented kids that he passes on mm -hmm. because maybe of you know uh, he doesn't think they're coachable or. And I'm not speaking for him, but this is just my opinion, you know, or 
they maybe don't play with great effort or, you know, there may be some character stuff there that, you know, that may throw some red flags. He won't recruit those kids. So I think, I think it's evident if you just look at his roster over the last two, two or three, four years, you don't, you don't see anybody getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. You don't see anybody in the news, knock on wood, and I say that, but you know, they've got really good kids over there. I can tell that. And, um, and I think that's, that's the start of it. So, and then I think, so to answer, how is he able to coach hard is because he has guys that, that want to be coached, you know, that want to be good. And, um, and, uh, and if, and if, you know, not that way, I don't think you recruit them. And if they are that way, they'll, you know, they'll probably end up in a transfer portal. <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's, I think we've my, seen that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So he, uh, speaking of the transfer portal, he, Struck gold this year. Um, it seems to be so far. I know it's early, but with Dalton Connect and um, Jordan Ganey, I mean, those two guys, especially Connect, I mean, he's looking at if he keeps these performances up, you know, he's looking at possibly SEC player of the year top season. Um, have you got to be around those two? I know you said you were just there over the fall. And how do you think they're incorporating with the team chemistry, not just their solid play? Yeah, I was able to uh, go to a practice. So this is obviously hard hard for me to go over there a time, but I was able to go to a practice. Um, short, quick story of well, fall break with my dad, and we were able to, you know, Coach Barnes usually, you know, kind of welcomes welcomes us. I don't know if it's a former player, if he just likes my dad better, I don't know, mm-hmm. but we're both about the same age. But we got to sit right on the front row, and the first thing I noticed, and I, I have I, honestly, as a former player, I don't I don't keep up as a recruiting much as much as most people would probably think. Um, I just kind of just. I really don't keep up with it. So usually when they get there, I was like, man, who's this kid? Or I used to have to ask Chad Newman, who's the trainer. Now, who's that kid? It didn't take me five minutes to think. And when they started playing, I was like, oh, wow. Uh, Chad uh, Chad Newman, the trainer I'm referring to, Chad, I was like, who's who's this kid right here? He's like, oh, that's Dalton Kinnett. I was like, oh, wow, he's he's really, really good. He's really, really good. <laughs> and uh, my dad was kind of messing with him over on the sideline, kind of in between the deal, just talking about going the offensive boards. And he kind of – he kind of chuckled and made, you know, messed around my dad there a little bit, which I thought was, was neat. But um, yeah, he, he, uh, he got my attention really quick uh, just in that, you know, that one practice with his ability to, to shoot it with his ability to get to the glass with his ability to put it on the floor, how hard he played. And, and I was, I was extremely impressed. And I, I can't say that I knew he was going to be, what's the average, he'd average almost 20 a game. And I think he had 27 or 28 at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I predicted that uh, or SEC Player of the Year, which he definitely continues to play like he is. We'll have that opportunity. But, but man, what a player. I think he's probably, in my opinion, he's probably the difference, could be the difference maker and then been able to get past, you know, the the Sweet 16, Elite 8 possibly because he ha- is a dynamic player from the standpoint of being able to do so many things with the ball. And I don't think they've had that, you know, in the past. He's in, uh, you mentioned Ganey been very impressed with him with him his ability to shoot the ball and then you you just I mean there's many more but just adding those two to what they had coming back I mean they've got a chance to be really 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 good um Josiah Jordan James um fifth year leader uh on and off the court um if you were his coach um are you getting everything that you want to get out of him I think some people are are like well, he doesn't give us 20 points a game, so he's not, you know. And can you explain, like, how important those players are that just kind of stuff the stat sheet that may not go off offensively but give you a little bit of everything? How important is that to your team? Yeah, and just looking at the stats quickly before I got on there, I mean, Josiah's uh, averaging almost 12 a game. He's averaging, you know, seven rebounds. Um, you know, I'm looking at the assist here, but he's, he's putting up pretty good numbers. I think he's 
think because the expectations, and I don't know this, I have to go back and somebody can correct me, but I'm pretty sure he was a high five-star recruit. I don't mm-hmm. know if his McDonald's All-American may have been, but there's a lot of expectations. And I think when you have that, sometimes people expect too much and expect you to, you know, be a one-and-done player. And that's you know, that's kind of really unrealistic. I think he's um, – you know, he's struggled some games like most players do, but he's he's a big piece of as far as what they do. Just being around him the times I've been around, he's a great leader. He's a great guy. I think, you know, he he has a you know a charisma about him to make his teammates kind of feel good about themselves. I don't know if that makes a ton of sense, but uh, he's a guy you want on your team. And uh, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Josiah Jordan James fan just based on the type of kid he is. And, you know, and he'll, he'll have a good year too. He's battled a bunch of injuries too, uh, which a lot of people don't really – look at that i had some injuries in when i played and it's it's tough i mean it's uh, it can set you back quite a bit but um he'll have a good year and he's a big part of definitely gonna be a big part of their success um let's talk about post play just a little bit so we have jonas adu um lord of mercy my mind toby walker kate phillips and jp estrella obviously kate and jp are freshmen um mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people uh, think that that may be the only weakness that we end up having on this team is our post play with our, with how elite our guards are, how important would you say it is to, we don't have to have a lot of offense out of our post, but is this going to be something that keeps us from going as far as we need to go? Or do you think we just need basic rebounding and defense out of our posts? Well, uh, I think, um, that's a great question. I think it really, you know, like I'm just thinking about my teams just as a coach. I, it, it's it's great. I think the most important, in my opinion, the most important part about a big is that number one, they can protect the rim defensively, and you know, and be be great rebounders. That's that to me, that's the most important part. I think I do. Uh, did I pronounce that right? I do. Yeah. I do yeah. I think he's a great rim protector. He's got great length. Um, you know he's 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 obviously a little bit more lean lean a little bit more lean than than a waka um so i think that's his strength you know but we you play these big you know get an sec and, and play some of these big 10 teams they'll you know they'll see some against syracuse and, and maui you know these big strong seven footers that got a lot of girth i mean sometimes he might struggle and then a waka is a little bit different from the standpoint of He's got a little bit more girth. He's a little bit got a little bit more strength. He's he's built a little bit different. He's you know a little bit more physical. Not ne- not necessarily as good of a rim protector as I do, but you know he's shown some signs of being able to score down in there uh, as well. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think you have to have a you know a 15, 20 point score down the post to be able to advance in, in postseason. I think it it's definitely helps. Um, but those guys need to be great offensive rebounders, you know, great screeners, and you know if they can get you know, nine or 10 points and get eight or nine, 10 rebounds a game. I think that's, you know, that's really what you're looking for. We're about to be challenged. They're about to be challenged um, <clears throat> for sure. If we, if we end up drawing or not drawing, but if we end up uh, having to play Purdue uh, on Tuesday, if we get past Syracuse and <clears throat> and then Purdue gets past Gonzaga, we'll have to face Zach Eady. Uh, and then a little later in the month, we'll play North Carolina, Armando Baycott, um, who has been the past couple of years a player of the year type candidate. Um, if you were coaching this team, um, how would you approach those games when you are a little weaker in the post? Do you give them their points and stop everybody else? Or how do you go about that? 
Yeah, I think back to Purdue. I know they lost. They got upset. You're talking about, you know, having good bigs. You know, uh, what's the guy Purdue's name again? Uh, Zach Eady. Eady. Uh, seven, three or four, big, big guy. Um, you know, they got beat last year. I don't remember the team. I can't remember the name of the team in the first round, got upset. Mm-hmm. Basically, that team had five guards. You know, so if that tells you the importance of having a big, that may be one example of bigs are, are not quite as important as you may think. And guards are definitely got to have the guards to be successful. But to answer your question, I, I can't speak for Coach Barnes. I think they're, you know, they'll probably, with it being such, you know, so early in the year, they're they're still trying to figure out rotations. I think they probably have an idea who's can do what. But you know, giving guys opportunities. I mean, it's early. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna advance the Final Four right now. Uh, so I, I think they're probably more concentrated uh, on Tennessee and and executing what they're trying to do. Obviously, with somebody like Edie, um, you've got to make some adjustments with him being so big as far as how you're going to guard the post. I'm sure they'll have a scheme there. But typically, you know, basketball is basketball. There's not a, a whole ton of things that a team can do. I mean, they'll scout them and have a general. You play, you're going to play man or zone or, you know, those type of things. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's that, you know, there's a good part about these tournaments. It kind of gives us, I think, the most important part is you're playing great competition. It's set up, you know, similar to what you'd see in the NCAA tournament where you're you're going to play, you know, play a game, maybe play back-to-back days or play a game, you know, rest a day, then play another game, kind of like you would on a NCAA weekend to go to a Final Four and an Elite Eight or whatever. Uh, so I think that's a big part of it uh, as far as being able to, you know, experience that. And, um, you know, and I, I don't know enough about Gonzaga or Purdue, but I I, I know just, you know, what, what you mentioned, just what Purdue has back. And I remember the guard that, that you mentioned. I remember how good he was. So – um, it should be a good matchup regardless of who they're playing. I know there's some other really good teams in there too. So I'm just excited to say, no, Syracuse, they'll play Syracuse on Monday. And, you know, they won't, you know, Syracuse is going to play them zone. Uh, I would assume unless they've changed. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It'd be, it'd be good. I just like seeing them play really good teams this time of year. It's fun. I'm glad coach, uh, coach Barnes schedule is really tough schedule where it's, um, you know, they have an opportunity to get better. Yeah, I like how he schedules also. Um, One thing, though, that some people point out, um, you know, it's you're you've probably heard it a thousand times, too, about how Barnes doesn't always have a whole lot of success in March. Um, Do you think that that's because he pushes the team so hard? I mean, they and I'm sure this is what every basketball coach wants, but. These Tennessee teams under Barnes, they play every single possession. They don't take possessions off on offense or defense. Do you think that makes them run out of gas a little bit more? And if that is the case, do you think where we're so deep this year, especially with our guards, that that will help that problem? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily buy into that. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's true. I just. I'm trying to think back. I mean, if you take take some of the. Let's take Bill Self or Tom Izzo or Mike Shashesky. I've not been around those guys a lot, but just watching some of their videos as far as me trying to they're they're getting after their teams uh, and they're practicing hard and they're playing hard mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year. So I don't necessarily think that's it. I think, you know, Coach Barnes is smart enough to know. And it's just like, you know, really any coach. I'm like right now at Oak Ridge, we're practicing about three hours a day just because we don't have the many practices to get in before we play. You know, once we start getting into games, that's going to be you know drop back to you know two and a half, two hours, even an hour and a half, sometimes even shorter late in the year. I think most coaches are that way. Um, I think postseason comes down to guard play. I think the struggles that we've had in postseason has been you know guards haven't played very well. I mean, simply put, um, guards. If you think back to teams the last couple of years and then somebody term has played well, the guards have really played well. So I, I think as fans, we sometimes read into stuff like that. Well, Coach Barnes is. You know, he's been to a Final Four at Texas. Um, 
should they have, should they have beaten some of the teams the last couple of years? Uh, you know, Sweet Six, you know, Florida Atlantic last year, yeah, but you know, Florida Atlantic got hot. You know, guards yeah. played well. You know, we, you know, so that's that's just really basketball, and um, I don't think it's fair to say that you know, Coach Barnes's teams, you know, you can't get over that hump. I mean, it's it's extremely extremely hard. To, I mean, he's not at Kansas, he's not at Kentucky, he's not at Duke. Um, you know, and it's, you know, those, those basketball programs, you know, have a little bit of leverage as far as recruiting, you know, so what he's been able to do as far as recruiting and the success he's had, I, I don't have any negativity. I, you know, like <laughs> I said, they can make a final four this year, they can win a national championship this year, you know, who knows, but uh, you got to have a lot of luck too. And, um, you know, just, I just know from, you know, 20 something years I've been in high school coaching, we've had some success. We've had some bad luck, some good luck, and that's part of it as well. And you got to have, play, you know, it's a player's game. It's a player's game, really. So, um, I'm thankful to have Coach Barnes. That's for sure. I'm too. I, I'm too. Um, is there anything else you want to add about this team? Or I know you can't really give a prediction for basketball, but yeah, I'm just excited. Uh, you know, just you know, the two two guys we mentioned, you know, Kinnett and, and Ganey. I've just been very. Now they'll have some times they struggle throughout the year. I'm sure, like most, but. You know, they've been getting Kinnett hadn't really shot it that well. He's, you know, he's, he's not shooting a great percentage from three, but he he can really stroke it. And um, just looking forward to seeing them, how they progress throughout the year and, and uh, seeing how it unfolds and just hoping we can beat Kentucky because I hate those guys. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. So <laughs> I got a bunch of Kentucky buddies. So if they ever watch this, they'll chuckle. But I do hate Kentucky. Well, that's the only team in football that I talk any trash to. Right. I don't really talk. Well, lately we've been able to talk trash to them in basketball too because yeah, we've we been have. beating we, them up. We've had, uh, had their number. They've got a really good team this year too. So they've had a couple years uh, for sure. But Kentucky's not the only team in the league that's good. So it'll be it's like typical SEC. So it should be fun. Looking forward to it. Do you think that the SEC is becoming the conference to beat um, and t- kind of taking it away from the ACC a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me as far as like, you know, Elite Eights, Final Four appearances over the last three or four years. But I know we've had, you know, several teams in Elite Eight. Uh, I don't know if we've had – I know Auburn made the Final Four, I think, in 2019. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it's been since Kentucky's made one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to say ACC, you know, Big 12 with Kansas and all those, those teams in there. But, um, but the SEC, I think, is always up there. SEC's, you know, my opinion is probably one of the most athletic, and they're physical. It's kind of a mix, in my opinion, between the ACC and the and the and the um, Big Ten. You know, you mm-hmm. really athletic teams. They they play really hard, and um, but but really, all those all those leagues are really tough. I mean, Big Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC, ACC. They're they're all good. Yeah. Well, Aaron, I know you're a busy man. I'll, I won't keep you any longer, but thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time. I've been trying to find somebody to talk basketball with me. I've got two North Carolina fans in the house, so it's a struggle every basketball season. I hear you. I think we play North Carolina, don't we, Tennessee? We do. We, we do. got to cross our fingers. You can be able to run your mouth a little bit to those North Carolina guys in the house. <laughs> for sure. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully so. All right. Well, yeah. good luck in the Bahamas and good luck with your season. I'll see you down the road a little bit, uh, probably here in about a month. So that sounds Thanks. good. I appreciate you having me on. All righty. Go balls. Thank you. All right, go balls.